Welcome to Full Stack Business Owner. Today, we're talking about the latest news and how it's important for Australian business owners. And if you're not already, make sure you're on the newsletter. This newsletter is designed to enhance your full stack of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. So head over to fullstackbusinessowner.com forward slash newsletter, put in your details and get the drop that Charlie sends out. What, like twice a week, Charlie? Jeez, you're, you're ramping this thing up. Let's, uh, but before we actually get started, let's cue the disclaimer. Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products. All right, Charlie, I got some news for you. I don't know if you are aware, but produce at the supermarket is getting expensive. Uh, petrol for the car, getting expensive. Going out to eat, it's getting expensive. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard, but interest rates, they've gone up, mate. Just, uh, so if you've got a credit card debt, that's going up. You've got mortgages, they're going keep, up. Keep laying down the bad news. What, the third one? Let's do it. Yeah, geopolitical conflicts. Like, oh. let's... Uh, and to I, which- I must say, this Sri Lanka thing as well, like, <sighs> wow, I, I feel for the people of that country. I actually have a few friends from Sri Lanka and, like, they're beautiful people and awesome people and I'm like, what a horrible circumstance. It, I completely agree. And same with, like, Ukraine and Russia. Like, I, I hope that all of this turmoil goes sort of – I'm hoping it just finishes up relatively soon. But, yeah, you've got countries going bankrupt and all these crazy things. But the, the interesting thing is that – all of this is not just isolated to Australia. It is all around the world. Like the UK, US, Canada, Europe, Asia, everyone's feeling the pinch. But if you kind of look back, like our business is probably, I would argue, doing better than ever. Um, investments, I'd argue, doing probably better than ever. Like is how is that so misaligned? Like how is there so much sort of negative news but then so much positive when it comes to our situation? It's interesting, and I'm thrilled we're bringing this topic to the podcast because I I suspect many business owners are experiencing the same thing. So the macro of the world and the micro of my world don't match. And uh, if I was going to use an analogy, there's a TV series called Stranger Things that uh, came out many years ago, and uh, there's this thing called the upside down, right, which is basically like you're in one world and there's a little like gateway and you go through the gateway and then you're in the same world but everything's backwards. Yep. It's upside down, right? You know, the name explains it, I think, pretty well for anyone who hasn't seen it. I feel like I've been living in the upside down. If I was to uh, have my reality match what's going on in the world, things shouldn't be this good. No. Now, what's interesting is in the last couple of weeks, I've actually become suspicious of myself. I'm like, Charlie, you're delusional. You're biased. Like you're choose, you've got those rose-colored glasses on, and you're just not aware to what's going out on the world. So um, I've actually taken it upon myself to grab some like data points from outside my own judgment to see if anyone else is experiencing the same. Like what's what's going on at the like grassroots boots on the ground level compared to what we see or hear on the news from a macro level. So, and I know you've got some points on this one as well, Grant, but I want, I want to kick this one off. The first two I went to was actually our mortgage broker, Aaron, 
and then Goose, who is in, who is, you know, buys investment properties for people. Like, surely, if there's going to be an impacted area, like them. borrowing and investing prop in property, would be the one of the first areas to slow down. It would, I, well, would be my suspicion anyway. So I had a call with Aaron yesterday. I'm like, Aaron, like, what what are you seeing? What are you experiencing? Like, have things slowed down? He's like, what are you talking about? I've just hired two people because I can't keep up with the loans. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, well, where's this demand coming from? Is this people refinancing so they can, you know, have as much cash available to ride a storm? He's like, investors. Mm. So I'm like, risk on. This is risk on borrowing, which is a term I'll cover at another point. But people are taking risk. Goose, I'm like, man, you must be letting go of staff. Like all this, the property market must be slowing down heavily with these rate rises. What are you talking about? We're buying, we're, we plan on buying more properties than ever in the back half of this year. And if anything, the opportunities are going to be better. Yeah. I'm like, ups, upside down. They're in the upside down with me. Ha, have you noticed anything? I've, I've got a ton here, but I'm curious yeah. if you've got any you can uh, reel out here, Grant. So I'm going to go outside of our business for a second and talk about like just on the ground. So, for example, there's a favorite, one of Hazel and my favorite restaurants. It's a, uh, Kind of a little bit upper class. <clears throat> and Hazel and I, we don't drink. That suits you very much. What's the name of this restaurant? Let's give it a little it's plug. Actually, it's actually called Hazel. <laughs> did, did you eat there or go there first because it's called Hazel? I must know. It was. We saw the sign and we're like, oh my gosh, it's the same go name. That's amazing. It's, it's outrageous. I know. Very shallow we are. Um, anyway, we so we don't drink a lot of alcohol. So we used to be able to go to this restaurant quite regularly and no one judged me. It's about a hundred bucks for both of us to eat, so about fifty bucks each, and that's a main, maybe with an entree or a dessert. Like we just sit down and we actually talk, sort of things. We went there and literally ordered the same things, and it was a hundred and seventy dollars again with no alcohol or anything like that. Now I'm like, we we looked at that and we're like, what? Like that's starting to get like pretty expensive. Pushes like it that. into the next category, doesn't it? It's it like, is in the you next can category. live with $100 for a good meal. I can I can live with that, but as soon as you're at 170, it's like, oh, a special occasion maybe. Exactly. And that's the thing, like you put wine or alcohol on that and it's like 250. And I'm like, now there are a lot of other restaurants at that price bracket. And I we sat there and I'm like, oh yeah, we've got all these other restaurants that we'd go to and maybe we won't go to this thing as regularly as we used to. Um and I like that was our immediate reaction. But we look around ourselves Dude, the place is packed. Like we sat at a at the bar, not at a table because it was so full. And Hazel Restaurant is a two-story restaurant. Like there's an upstairs and a downstairs. And I'm just like, yeah, wait, what? <laughs> like where's this slowing down for everybody? So my experience is the same. Like when I've gone out to eat at restaurants recently, full. Yeah. And it is more expensive to that point. I'm not um, saying it isn't. And I'm thrilled that restaurants have raised their prices to match so that they can stay in business. I don't want them to I go agree. out of business. I agree. I'll go even further though. I go for a lunchtime walk uh, every practically every day. After I have my food, I walk, I digest the day and set up for, you know, round two. But I've noticed as I've been walking is that restaurants, cafes, packed. Yep. I'm, I'm like, and it isn't a little bit. And I will accept that, you know, I suspect because people couldn't do it when, you know, the lockdowns and things were on, there's a built-up kind of demand to that. But surely that would have passed by now. Like, it's not like they've only just opened up again. Restaurants and cafes in my area have been open for months now. Is it yeah. the same where you are, Grant? So I, I live in South Bank in Melbourne. And so when when I first moved back here, to your point, it was like a little bit of a novelty and then it kind of like wore off a bit. It is 
packed. Like there's like five cafes in the vicinity of about 10 metres of each other. <laughs> and in the mornings it's just it's packed. Lunchtimes there's a whole heap of great restaurants and uh, sort of drinking places. Packed. And I'm just like, what is going on here? And the interesting thing is, so I, I go for quite a few walks in the day and I walk to the gym and all these things. The dinners and our Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night have just got people in them. And I'm like, that's weird. Like midweek dinners and midweek lunches. Like I'm just like, this is just not normal. Okay, I'll give you another one. <clears throat> I fancy myself as a bit of, media, of a media buyer. Like know my way around an ads account. I yeah, like to think a little bit. So uh, over the years, I've accumulated friends who do the same thing, right? You know, birds of a feather flock together. So when I used to run the big ad agency, of course, who I was friends with was people that ran other ad agencies because we'll share insights. Now myself, even these days, I would say I spend about half a million dollars a month on ads, which is a reasonable amount, nothing in the scale of the world, but a reasonable amount. I would say in my network between us, we would spend millions per month on Facebook ads and Google ads and things like that. Not one of us is lowering budgets or slowing down at all. And I, I almost couldn't believe this. I would have thought that many people would be dialing back spend. And that's what even like Google and Facebook are reporting advertising spenders down. But again, ramping up, ads are converting. People are buying stuff. Yeah. So I just thought that was a really interesting one as well. It's especially like, people are doubling spends. Like it's not, they're just like maintaining. It's not that they're on a maintenance mode and it's like, hey, just like kill non-winning ads. Like they're like, no, 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 ramp this thing up. Let, let's go. Let's swing for the fences. Similar to that point, like in the business, uh, I know that we've been doing quite a bit of recruitment. Uh, what, what challenge that we used to have sort of six, 12 months ago was just trying to find good talent. And what we ended up doing was we sort of accepted uh, sort of applicants that weren't as high as they previously were, uh, just to get people into the door. Now, do you know? We, did you, I have to. Do you know, it's fascinating on that. We've had some people that didn't necessarily uh, meet the standards we normally would that turned out being great. Dude, amazing. <laughs> Maybe oh, we had the bar too high, right? <laughs> anyway, continue. It, but no, you're right, and were, like, which was a very fortunate thing, and I, I believe that comes back to how good our culture and all those kind of things are, Charlie. But we opened the doors for a couple of the new positions and in two weeks we've recruited four people who were like top of the top like amazing people where i was saying no to people that we would have been jumping at the opportunity to go and bring into the business six or 12 months ago like and now we're going to be doing some more recruitment and they're I can already see people wanting the roles like i get emails all the time saying hey like are you looking for roles like, i'm just like what so like the the opportunity for businesses to scale is also there now, which I just love. The upside like, down. The upside it, down it, continues. It is weird. And even to that point, the uh, the current team that we've got have been the same team. Like people aren't leaving. Where during COVID and things like that, everyone was like job hopping. They were bouncing around looking for different opportunities. The amazing team that we have now. There was more to that as well, though. It wasn't just job hopping. We Like I know in our case we had like – People had parents that got unwell in that time and needed to take Correct. time to care for loved ones. There definitely was some opportunity around, but and people moving was another one that was quite fascinating. Wanting to get out of big cities caused some job changes. Yeah, and that personal health one was was a decent one as well, where they're just like, I'm just I'm completely dropping out of the job market. 
Um, it was just, it's interesting to sort of see how that kind of culture has adapted at the same time. Like it's like, okay, well, hiring has changed. The, the culture and sort of people staying on has sort of changed as well. But in addition to that, one of the third points that I'll let you chime in is clients, the exact same. Like the, <laughs> I'm going to let you talk about it. But our clients, like they're like, we can't imagine going anywhere else. We can't imagine not doing this. Like this is what we need to keep doing. And it's like interesting. We operate in media, right? So what's interesting is like we're a B2B business and it's like the clients themselves, I don't see leaving. If anything, I've actually got demand for people that want to do more work with this that are like, when can we start? Like self-closing. Like they're like, I like what you guys do here. Like when can we start? And it's like, that's an unusual message to get in other times. So I think that's really fascinating. But the interesting layer with our business is like, so we're B2B, but then we see inside the businesses from like what their podcasts get. Are things converting? Are their forms getting filled out? I'm not seeing any declines in them either. No. And that is a great segment of like B2B and B2C. Like and, and the sentiment across them all is like, it's very similar to this. I know you did a, like a, a bit of a survey to the full stack business owner group, right? Like what what are the full stack business owners saying? Well, I, I want to make this point again is like, I'm concerned I'm biased all the time. I can see how many people get caught out in life by they're not willing to acknowledge their bias. And then that ends up being the thing. So I, I very much like to collect data before I make decisions because I, I will cheat myself and fool myself into anything. Like I've thought so many things were a great idea when I was just biased. <laughs> uh, anyway, I put up a poll in the uh, Facebook group for full stack business owners. Uh, shameless plug, if you want to be a full stack business owner, come and join that Facebook group. It's good fun. That's um, good, Elliot. Thank you. But uh, the point I'll make on this one is that I put a just a short poll out saying, hey, tell me what you're seeing. Give me the insights, what's going on right now. And I would say 80% of the people who engaged with the poll were overwhelmingly positive. Now saying they're booming, business is good, like it wasn't negative. I'll accept that people that maybe you're in a tough spot wouldn't uh, be so open about it. Although maybe, right, because it's a great community to get support. So I'm only seeing 20% um, saying, look, things aren't great right now. And that's very industry specific. So if they were in an industry that's been particularly affected by this time in the world, they're the ones that are being directly impacted. But even then, we're not talking wipeout events. We're just talking, got to, I suppose we'll call it pivot or reinvent the way we do what we do. And there's good times ahead. They're not concerned there's never going to be a good time and that, you know, it's all over for them. Yeah, it's not like they're closing the doors. They're more sitting saying, hey, we've had a bit of a, a bump downwards. However, the good times might potentially come with a bit of a pivot or a change in the business model. It's time to innovate. I I look at that and and trying to assess this, right, where the macro is saying, hey, like kind of the world's burning a little bit and the sentiment's not great. But on the flip side, when we're looking at like a lot of the business owners, the sentiment's the complete opposite, right? But also people around, like if you've got a restaurant, like it seems like you're doing quite well. If you've got B2B businesses, it seems like you're doing quite well. And sort of the B2C that we're seeing doing quite well. Like how do how do we interpret that? Is that just because we're we are the fortunate ones and these are the businesses that have just not being hit by these macro impacts? Like how how do you explain that upside down world for the other sort of business owners listening to this? All right. Ready ready for it? I'm always I, I got a few things here and I I'd love your um feedback on it. The, the first thing I'm trying to understand is does the micro drive the macro or does the macro drive the micro? 
Great question. But is this, the big stuff they're talking about going to flow down to me? Are all these business owners seeing this going to push this thing up and it turns into a good news story? So which way does it flow? Is this top down or bottom up? I, I don't have the answer, by the way. I'm not actually sure of that, but that is something that's very, very on my mind. The second one is, is I'm like, is this the euphoria stage before everything really goes to hell? Yeah. <laughs> the, the little blip on the radar. Yeah. Am I in the eye of the storm right now? I'm like, what do you mean? This is fine. At not uh, not being able to see that I'm about to be crushed. In, like, <laughs> the, dog- the next episode we make is like, I was wrong, <laughs> batten down the hatches. <laughs> the dog in the room with like the flames going around is like, this is fine. <laughs> So this, so this is where I've landed. This is where my thinking has um, landed is like I think it's very easy to think that like, okay, the world's coming into this event and like demolition is coming in. Everything's just getting destroyed and there's going to be a massive reset and a massive like rebuild of everything. Like that's what's coming after this. And do you know what? If someone said that, I could understand their thinking and why they may think that's so. However, my view is that it's not like – the world is suddenly going to like collapse and then it's a rebuild. I think it's more like going through a renovation. I think that if you want to imagine maybe someone had a two bedroom house, right? And then what's actually happened is in order to renovate that home and make it a five bedroom home and adequate for more people, we needed to like knock out the back rooms to put in new foundations so we can put another level on it. Now, if you uh, if your business was in one of those back rooms that just had to be taken out so we can put in new foundations, you're probably going to be experiencing some pain. It's not going to be fun to sleep in a room that doesn't have walls anymore. But the, if your business was in one of these other rooms, like you're actually doing okay. Yeah. And in this time of renovation, yes, things are changing, but it's actually going to end up better. Yeah. You're going to end up with a bigger family home. You're going to end up with a better family home. I, I think this like renovation theory is where I'm landing at the moment. And I love that. I love that analogy, right? Because when people go through that renovation, it's not that they're sitting there with five kids going, what are we going to do? And then all like, sorry, with three kids and sort of two adults, so a family of five, and like, oh, we're just all going to sleep in the front room together. Uh, have you ever renovated a house? <laughs> they probably so. <laughs> Dude, it's awful. I will say the things I have done when renovating a house, like that Bianca and I have this rule that we will never, ever renovate a home we live in ever again, ever. (laughs) Oh, how how good. Because I look at it where it's almost preempting, right? So people who are a couple that might be thinking about having children and they might be in a two bedroom house will go, well, what are we going to have? Are we going to have two kids, three kids? Let's prepare for that and do the renovation now as opposed to going, oh, now I've got the three kids and we're all living in one room, <laughs> in one or two rooms. Let's go and do the renovation. It's it's preparing for something that's happening. It is a transformation. It is making the room for something that's going to happen into the future. And so that's why I love that analogy because it's like, great, we're going to blow out the back two rooms to go and build the foundations for the three additional bedrooms or four additional bedrooms on the top floor because everything else just needs that foundation to go and grow onto it. And in order for us to innovate or step into that transformation, I should say, this is what we just have to do. And unfortunately, through that change, people are going to be impacted and it's not going to be great for everybody, but it is for the greater good for everybody. And we're probably going to make a little bit more space than we needed because we need somewhere to grow into, right? There's no no value on building one room and then fill it 
another room, fill it. Like like having too much demand and then trying to like fill the supply on the other side, it's better to have the room and then grow into that room before you need to go and do something else again. Yeah, I I really concur with this thinking and methodology that I I the thing the risk I see is like if you were to follow too much of the mainstream news and you know you're looking at these rate rises and then suddenly you go super defensive you can actually create your own recession. Yes. You could actually create bad times for yourself Great. even if the environment is good because you're living in fear right now. Yep. And uh concurrently if you're not watching any of the macro and you're just looking at your environment and you take too much risk I think the the opposite could be true. So this is almost like a time for balance. Mm. This is almost like a time where you need to be paying attention for both. So if you were going to accept this theory or look at the world in this theory, and you don't have to agree with me, by the way, um, or anyone listening to this podcast, but if you're experiencing the same thing, well, then how do you actually play this as a business owner becomes part of this conversation. And I, I wanted to make sure I included not just like the theory of this renovation, which I'm, I'm hopeful our audience being we talk about property enough here, uh, we'll be able to relate to that in general. But I think the whole how do you play it right now, how do you go about it is is really important. So I'm going to jump into these ones. Definitely. I think right now your ability to collect uh, market insight as a business owner is a full stack skill you need. You need to be able to look at the news, look at what's going on locally and interpret it for yourself as well as get data points from other people around you right now. You can't be relying on one or the other. Oh. If you're going on YouTube, it's like they're exaggerating the news cycle. If you're watching the TV, they're exaggerating the news cycle. One of the things I actually don't like about doing this podcast, Grant, is I feel like I need to watch some of the news to know what's <laughs> going on in the world where I would actually just turn that off. I wouldn't look at it. Yep. Um, so I think having good data points as a business owner is a full stack skill right now. And then the second component of that is I think um, – I think the idea of like you're either taking risk or not taking risk is broken. I think this is like a medium risk environment. I think you want to be in a position to seize opportunities, but if the world does turn is also you've got good buffers in place, which we've covered in a previous episode, and also um, made sure that you've got a bit of a war chest or opportunity fund so that if things change, you can be in the right way to do that also. Yeah, I, I love those those two points. And I'm just going to riff on them. So I'm going to get your second point sort of first because it's fresh off the top. Think of risk like a kind of like a dimmer switch. Like it's not an on or off, right? Like there, there are different things that we do in life that we'll, we will be able to absorb different risks. And there are times that we should load up and it's all obviously dependent upon my business, my situation, what I see and how I'm interpreting things because that is very different for everybody. But just to your point, Charlie, don't think of risk as either it's an on or an off. This is all calculated. It is what do I need to have as buffers to support the here and now based on what I'm seeing, which supports into your point number one, which is the data and interpretation of the data. But the second one is to also maximize the opportunity. Like I could just imagine the business owners sort of that are looking at the news that's coming out and then them making decisions off fear or off sort of battening down the hatches and things where it's actually like, well, no, if you could calculate your risk and assess what data is actually out there, you're going to be in a much better position. S similar to what you and I have done, Charlie, we've, we've had conversations around, well, this is what we're seeing and this is how we're going to operate it and this is how we're going to take advantage of the risks. Right, which is probably not as aggressive as we previously have been in like property, for example. Um, but we are still open to opportunities that are going to be coming out because we've calculated it in. 
And then to your very first point, I, I agree because every piece of data can be manipulated and adjusted. And the challenge I have on things like inflation is it's never personalized. Like your inflation rate is fundamentally different to my inflation rate. The interest rate's impact on you, Charlie, is going to be very different to the interest rate's impact on me, right? Because it's different upon our assets. It's different upon what you eat. It's different upon like you've got family and a car and I've got a car, but I have no family renting versus owning your home. So many different things impact you, but it's the same for your business. Like what about businesses that are loaded up on debt that have used that debt to grow or looking to use that debt to grow? And they're going to be impacted severely versus um, like business owners who are virtual offering services that have minimal sort of capital constraints or upfront capital constraints for them to grow. Well, they can adapt very quickly. They're not susceptible to interest rate rises. They're not susceptible to producing cost increases. They're not susceptible to all of these things. So your point around be across the data, be across the news, but don't just take that as this is how I'm going to operate because that's what <laughs> some news station said. No, no, break it down. Understand what that means for you. Because to your point, Charlie, 80% of the people that went back to sort of your poll said, hey, look, I'm not feeling these things. Great. That's probably because you might not actually be in an industry or in a business that's going to feel the pressure from all of these pain points, which means you might be in the front rooms of that house in your example. You might be the kitchen and the bathroom and the front bedroom. Okay, no worries at all. What You're going to be part of this transformation and you're going to watch the economy rebuild itself and sort of have enough room for the expansion to happen, um, but just be aware of it. Do you think that interest rates and inflation have actually driven the business owner community to work harder? So I'll expand upon that a touch. <clears throat> Let's say you're a business owner and you're seeing your costs going up, you're seeing interest rates going up, inflation going up. Is your attitude to just take it on the chin or do you just go, do you know what? I'm going to try and grow my business to outpace this. Like, mate, is there a cause and effect relationship between costs going up and business owners in general then wanting to grow their companies and that is the knock-on effect? The, yeah. So in my view, like business owners, we are different in that sense because we're the type of people that will stand and fight, right? Like we love a sale. We love growing. We love pushing ourselves to the boundaries where uh, a lot of other people will sort of deal with the swings and punches. They'll take a hit in the face and go, oh, okay, sorry, right? Where we're like, no, 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 we're going to swing back and we're going to push hard to run in that direction because we know that the promise lands on the other side, that success is on the other side. And this is where an Australian, being an Australian business owner is so different, right? Like imagine, like especially people listening to this podcast, right? They have already sort of left the matrix per se going, no, 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 this is different for me. It, I'm not just going to succumb to the news and everything's going to be pushed at me. I'm not going to just sort of follow what everybody else is doing. I'm going to buck that trend. So to answer your question, hells yeah, and I love it, and I love business owners for it because we are different. We are. I love it when people say, you're weird, Grant. You're different. You're you're the odd one. And I'm like, damn, straight I am. That's- Fantastic. I, it's so good when I hear that. <laughs> it's like, if I don't hear it, it's like, what am I doing wrong? Like I need to be on the outside more. Like do you feel Definitely. the same? I, I, you know, I actually do because I recognize it in myself. It's interesting that when, for example, interest rates have gone up, I've calculated, well, this is how much the cost of my debt is going to go up per month. And I've gone, sweet, I'll just make that much more. Like I'll find a way to create that because exactly. I, that's the attitude I can move through. So where do I do that in my business? The knock-on effect is that we're doing more business. Yep. Uh, is there any, uh, I'll put it this, I want to ask you another one here. 
is there any activities you're like not willing to do at the moment? So like hiring employees, for example, clearly you're willing to do that and you're not adverse to that. Clearly we're spending money on advertising and the growth of the business right now. So it's like, we're not adverse to that. Is there anything you've were previously like, no, nah, I'm cool with it where now you're like holding off or it's changed your attitudes? So there's probably, there's two things and this is like been super transparent. So it was a very good question. Uh, well, so we've got to frame this up. This is not financial advice. This is, this, 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 this is me <laughs> and how I'm approaching it. I don't point. even know what you're going to say. You might not even be talking about anything finance. I'm just so <laughs> scarred from this. all the crap we had to deal with with ASIC that I'm just like, don't listen to us. We're a bunch of drop kicks, like high professionals. There was, was a guy in our Facebook group. He's like, oh, I studied mechanical engineering. And I'm like, damn, I wish I could be that smart. <laughs> One day. Um but to that point, so there's two that I'll call out. So uh, am I as aggressive with my property investments as I once was? No. Like I am looking for an opportunity. But do I sit there and go, uh, I, I'm, man, I have to get in or am I waiting for it to be the bottom of the market and stuff? No. Like I, I would more than happily go and buy an investment property today. I just think that an opportunity might pop up. You know what? If an opportunity doesn't pop up, I'm not worried. <laughs> I'll just go buy another opportunity, right? I'm just going, you know what? I'm happy to stay on the cash. I'm happy to be very conservative. Um, I'm just not going foot to the floor accelerator. like that's, So that's the first one. That's how I'm sort of playing that one different. Um, and then on the other side, sort of one of the software as a services or SaaS companies uh, that I co-founded and invested in, uh, we're looking to do a growth raise. And so previously we were looking to actually go and take equity, like so sell equity to go and take the cash and put it into the business and actually grow it. Um, now the conversation has moved into maybe we get debt and use debt as uh, as a leverage instead. Now similar outcome for the business, but it is different because of the uh, the market is different. So most of our cash will come out of like the United States, where there's a lot of investors that have cash, but they don't want equity because businesses were overpriced because they see this market sort of bubbling along. But you know what they're willing to take, John? They're willing to take eight to ten percent interest rate on cash as long as your business has proven that it can grow more than that eight to ten percent year on year over three years, which the businesses have done very well. And so it's like, huh, you don't have to cut down equity and you can get the same cash you're looking for as long as you back yourself to grow. And so that is a slightly different play, albeit the outcome is still the same for us. Is that a renovation, Grant? Is that a, a renovation? Like that's a renovation. Yeah, the, the back room was knocked down, which was, hey, does anyone want equity? Because people cared more about getting equity before and people are now going, you know what? We don't want the, the equity anymore. We're happy to take interest rates on cash. Let's do that. And so it's just different. Like it's, we'll get the same outcome and the businesses will still crash. It's just different. I'm happy to be proven wrong on this. As I said, I'm not walking into this episode pretending I know what's going to happen. I don't think anyone does. But I sincerely believe that better days are on the way. Like I'm not seeing a, a oh, there's terrible things coming. I'm seeing like good times are coming. Like that's my general view on things at the moment. However, I, I will put a shout out on here. Anyone who has any insights to either a booming uh, economy or business environment or a declining one, I'd love to hear from you. Please uh, send me a message on Facebook or reply to one of the emails. We'll get some more insights on this. Yeah. And I, I just want to finish this episode up on that analogy, Charlie. Like and in my opinion, and it sounds very similar to sort of yours, is the house is not getting knocked down. Like the, the macro is like, it's, it's not getting wiped out. They're not knocking the, the kitchen and the bathroom and everything and putting, just taking it back to the stumps. 
Like if you look at the macro, it sounds like that, but think about that renovation analogy. It's the back one or two rooms are being demolished so that more space can be made. And it is a transformative. It's not space for space sake. It is a family who's preparing to have three kids over the next couple of years. So they're doing a renovation now so that they can grow into that. And I think that that is a great way to sort of finish up the episode because that that is exactly how I see it. And that's why probably business owners aren't feeling the pain now where others might be. Um, it's also why sort of other people are sort of shouting the macro that everything's burning, but they're just not feeling the pain. And so I, I love that analogy. But let's uh, finish this one up. And I just want to say thank you to everyone sort of tuning in. Just make sure that you are on that newsletter. The newsletter is designed to enhance your full stack of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. So head over to fullstackbusinessowner.com forward slash newsletter, put in your details and uh, anytime you just want to hit up Charlie, just hit reply to those emails. I've seen some of the emails coming through to you, Charlie. They're, uh, they're deep and they've actually given us some great topics for future episodes as well. So. Yeah, big thank you to those that support the show. This is uh, obviously this episode we out too. We've just had our biggest month of downloads, views and emails as well. So thank you for the support, everyone that does it. Please keep sending us your insights, emails and join the Facebook group and all of that. We appreciate you. Yeah, definitely. And be sure to subscribe or if you've got other people who are business owners that are and you're listening to this saying, oh, they would just val- they would receive value from this episode. Send it over to them and give them a, a shout out so they can say they can actually listen to this. So thank you again for joining us. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Full Stack Business Owner.